Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. Let's join Pastor Paul Carlson for today's message. We're standing on the brink of, of outpouring of God's power and love, and we're part of it. We are part of it. And with all that, know this, that, that you, know, uh, you are fully equipped to be a supernatural minister in this day and age. Wow. That's the kind of minister God wants us to be. Supernatural ministers. You talk about the book of Acts. I'm telling you what, we're living in the last days. Whatever went on on the book of Acts, I'm telling you that there ought to be that and more happening today. That and more. Because Holy Spirit is living in you and, my, you and me. He's waiting. He's been, I can just imagine the anticipation of heaven for the day we're living in. Saying, ooh, we're going to show the world his goodness. We're going to knock down all the barriers and the prejudice. and whoosh, We're going to gush out there with the love of God and the, and the, the message of salvation. With all that, let me get back to my key verse here and just start in. In John 14, in verse 16, Jesus talking again to his disciples. I think I've read this every time I've preached. And i got to say, as I've read this through the weeks previous to this, it's like I see something in it. It's like ingra- getting ingrained in me. And my, 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 my consciousness and, and, and thinking is like, wow, Holy Spirit, you're real. And you live in me. Jesus said this, though. He said, I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. He told that to his disciples, to his closest followers of the day, but he said those words, and they apply directly to you and I today. Holy Spirit dwells with us and lives in us. He's here as our helper. He's here as our helper. As we go through this series, you know, we've been, we've been on a section of this talking about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, and I, I believe we'll get there today, but in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, the Apostle Paul outlines some different ways the Holy Spirit manifests himself in the earth and through, through believers today. And, and one of the things is I was thinking about, you know, what we're going to be preaching in this series is, is I want to really communicate to you this, that it isn't manifestations of the Holy Spirit in church. It's manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life day by day. By day. Dane and I were talking, uh, I think it was even Friday, maybe Friday, we were in the car together, and we were talking, and, and, and just about manifestations of the Holy Spirit that we've witnessed and had in our life. And, and she was telling me how, how of a time just a few years ago, and, and, and how that, that he just shows up in day-to-day things, in day-to-day things. And we need to expect that. We need to expect his presence in our life. So here's, here's a totally unspiritual thing going on. Dana is like, like she is such a, uh, a laundry extraordinaire. 
you know, and, and, and I, I, I tell you, I, I mess my clothes up sometimes so bad, and I, I go home and Dana, she just magically gets everything clean. I don't even know how she does it. I don't honestly want to even know, because then I'd be ended up, maybe I'd have to do it. I don't, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but she was just minding her own business one day and taking some laundry downstairs to, to do the laundry, you know? And, and this was a couple years back, and she brought this up to me, like on Friday when we were talking, and she says, and she, what her, her words to me were, she says, yeah, he shows up in my life sometimes just, you know, when, I, when I'm just doing normal, normal stuff. And she says, I was, I was walking down the stairs, and she, she tripped on the bottom stairs. And when she tripped, she, she probably sprained her ankle. And it, the second it happened, the Holy Spirit rose up in her, and to see if I can give you an accurate quote on what he said to her. He said, you have a choice to make. Do you want to be sick, or do you want to be laid up with this? And that's basically what he said. That's how he talks. And, and, and right away, this is what Dana came back. She says, I don't have time to have a sprained ankle. And so she picked herself up and walked on her way. And, and, and uh, she said when she did that, initially it hurt. Can I say this? Hurt like the Dickens. Is that a word? I don't know. Anyway, she said it hurt like the Dickens. But she said, I just kept going. I kept walking on it, and it was just no time at all. And I, I, I had to catch myself and think. And she said, wow, I was totally gone. This is everyday life. And you know what that is? That's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You want to know what? I mean, reality of it? It's a working of miracles. Because a working of miracles is like a break in the ordinary uh, course of nature and dramatically, you know, changing it. Uh, uh, let me, can I read the scripture? God's called us to be ministers in this day. In Mark 16, you know, Jesus talking here, and, and, and I'm going to paraphrase some of it. He basically said this, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. You know, and again, the gospel of the kingdom is not bad news. It's good news. It's news that Jesus paid the price for us. It's news that we're living in the new covenant. We're not in the old covenant, we're in the new covenant. And the work has been done for us. And, and, and he says, go do this. And he said, and these signs are going to follow those that believe in my name. He says this, they'll cast out devils, they'll, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And, and then he, he goes on, he says, they went out and they preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them confirming the word with signs following. Now to me, that's supernatural ministry. Supernatural ministry that you are equipped to carry out. Why? Because the Holy Spirit dwells with us and he's in us. Now I, I, I'll tell you this story too. This was a rabbit trail I took in the first service, so I'm going to just do it again, okay? Uh, years ago, I used to work, again, at, a, at a, a big evangelistic association, and and I had different jobs over the years, but one of the first jobs I had was I worked on the loading dock, and I drove the, the company truck. 
And I did that for a while, but then later on, I remember one day, and once you, once you make that connection, I tell you what, you, you just connected with those guys forever. You know, you go out on the loading dock, it's like, hey, it's like Norm walking into the bar at Cheers. Hey, Norm! You know? And so, you know, I wasn't necessarily doing that job at the time, but, but I was working on a machine one day, and, and the machine was running excellent. You ever run machines? And you know what it's like when the machine runs excellent? It's almost boring. And so I'm running this machine and it's running excellent. So I just took the time to spend with the Holy Spirit and spend in the Word and I just meditated on, on God's goodness. And I remember specifically, again, I wasn't getting weird. I wasn't like, you know, sitting down, cross-legged on the floor going, oh, I'm meditating. No, no, I wasn't doing that. I was talking to God. And I just said, I remember, I remember I was reading that verse there that I just read in, in Mark 16 about that we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I remember that while I was doing it, I was, was looking at my hands. And, I, and I'd do this. I honestly did. People knew I was weird already, so I didn't care. I said, I said, these hands are anointed by God. These hands are equipped to go lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I was just saying this stuff. I wasn't planning to do it. I was just, just talking about it. I, when we were in San Francisco um, last summer, we had that wedding that we went to, and uh, I feel like I've been running everywhere this year. We've had two out-of-town weddings, which is a good thing, and uh, important things. And uh, honestly, I'm going to tell you this right now. We're going to run to New York in two weeks for five days. And you know why we're going? We're just going to goof off. We're going to stay with our daughter and son-in-law and goof off with them. I don't have any ministry plan or anything. We're just going there. So anyway. Um, but we were in San Francisco for this wedding this summer. It was my niece. And after the wedding, you know, we had a couple days off. And, and my pastor, like I said, he, he, he's out there, uh, Pastor Mark Thomas. So we went and surprised them. That was great. I love that, and Mark and Brenda. And, and um, they had a guest speaker that night. And uh, at first, I was kind of bummed because <laughs> my heart, I wanted to hear, hear Pastor Mark. But I got to say, the guy was really good. He was really good. I enjoyed him. I'd, I'd listen to the tape or the CD. But he had just come from John G. Lake's church up in Washington. I don't know if you guys know who John G. Lake is, but one of the most famous stories, boy, this is a rabbit trail on a rabbit trail, but John G. Lake was, uh, uh, he was in Africa when the bubonic plague broke out and they came in, the authorities from Europe came in and were treating people with uh, preventative medicine and they came to Dr. Lake who'd been handling the sick and the dead and they said, what do you use for a preventative? And he looked at him and he said, sirs, I, I use the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I'm like, duh, what do you think I use? And these being medical people said, well, let me, let's, let's he said, listen guys, let's do an experiment and, you know, Medical people, they said, hey, what are you going to do? They, they took some froth that had come from the, the, the lung, out of the lungs of somebody who died with this bubonic plague. And he said, let's put it under the microscope and drop it into my hands, my bare hands, and watch what happens. And as they did that, they observed it, and they watched. And as soon as it hit his fingers, his hands, uh, the disease germs all died under the microscope. So that's John G. Lake. Later years in ministry, John G. Lake opened a healing school in, in, in Washington, and, and uh, he just had people come, and, and they'd get healed. 
He'd pray for them, minister to them, and they'd get healed. Did everybody get healed? No, but 100,000 people did. 100,000. Not bad. So anyway, this pastor, this pastor had just come from that area and was ministering in the church that John G. Lake had started, okay, up in Washington. And he said this. He said that when Lake did his, his healing school, he said he, had, he couldn't pray for everybody, so he trained technicians. That's what he called them, technicians. And he said that the, the, the rules were this. I'll call them rules. He said the rules were this, that when they came to, to minister, this is wild, but 100,000 people is wild. He said they had to take four hours, four hours, and they had to stand and pray and look at their hands and do just what I was doing on that machine that day. To look at their hands and say, these are hands that God uses. He says, then they'd go in and they'd pray for people. Well, what happened? Well, at least 100,000 people got healed. So I'm doing it this one day. I, I, I didn't know that story then. But I was doing this at, on the job when the machine was running excellent. And I'm looking at my hands. I'm saying, God uses my hands. So this guy on the loading dock has an accident. And these other guys, they run in and they grab me. And they say, hey, John, so-and-so, just had his foot run over. And, and I get out there, I'll give, you, I'll give you the rest of the story first. His foot didn't just get run over, it got run over by the Yale forklift. Now I weighed the Yale forklift, it weighed 6,900 pounds without any load, okay? 6,900 pounds. Now if you know forklifts, you know that they come in different kinds of tires, you know, and, some, and we had different kinds. We had some that had air tires, you know, they're good for certain things. The Yale forklift, however, had hard rubber tires, okay? And it, was, it was, had purpose for it, you know? It, it could really turn on a dime in a tight situation and all this. But, uh, but anyway, so it, his foot got run over with a hard rubber uh, forklift that weighed 6,900 pounds. So I got out on the loading dock, and John is, is just, he's doubled over. And, and I immediately, I just went down, I grabbed his foot. I wasn't thinking I'm coming to do something here. I just got out there and reacted and I grabbed his foot, and I said, in Jesus' name, be whole. And, and uh, said that, and, and it was just like, wow, almost instantly. He got up and walked around and was totally made whole. And here's the, 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 the other rest of the story, is when all the dust settled, he took his shoe off. And when he took his shoe off, his sock was covered in blood. But when he took his sock off, his foot was totally whole. No, no nothing. You know what that is? That's a manifestation of working of miracles. Working of miracles. You know when that happened? Didn't happen in church. Didn't happen, you know, it just happened on a job, on a job site. You know when the Holy Spirit's going to move through you just in ordinary, everyday life. Um... Wow, if I ever preached a message that looked like my notes, that would be a working of miracles, I think. But, but uh, here's some scriptures I'll give you. 2 Corinthians 3, Paul said this. He says, not that we are, in verse 5, he says, not, this is right in line with what we're talking about. He is our helper. He is the one that does these things through our life and through our ministry. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves. 
but our sufficiency is from God. He has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We're equipped like that. We're equipped to distribute life on planet Earth. Wow. Not about us. It's all about Him. Again, Jesus said this in Acts 1.8. Again, another rendition of just before Jesus ascended up into heaven. And what did he say to the disciples in previous verses, a couple of verses before? He says, you know, hang out, wait for the promise of the Father. But in verse 8, he says, because you're going to receive power. Can you say power? power? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and all the other most parts of the world. Holy Spirit comes in our life to give us power. Holy Spirit comes in our life to equip us, to enable us to be ministers of the new covenant. He comes to bring freedom in our life, and he comes to help us distribute freedom to other people. Wow. That's cool, huh? In, in talking about what I, again, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, again, I'm not going in necessarily in order, even in the order that I made up, but uh, we said this is three groups of them. There's the revelation gifts, there's three of them. There's power gifts, there's three of them. And then there's the, the vocal gifts, and there's three of them that are outlined here. Now, those aren't, you know, exhaustive. I mean, Holy Spirit, you know, you can read through the, the, the Bible and find just wild things that he did. He came on a guy one time, and he outran a chariot. You know, that's pretty good. I have a hard time running to catch the bus, and he outran a chariot. And, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's wild things. And if you run in church, counterclockwise. But in uh, any case, in in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there's, there's these three gifts. And, and when we talk about the power gifts, which we started to this morning, you know, I hate to even give examples individually because the truth is the, the three of them, the, the, the working of miracles, the gifts of healing, and the, the gift of faith, they tend to work all together. And they tend to, you know, you, you just have to be in a teaching mode to kind of dissect them and say, well, this was this and that. And f- the fact is, like this, somebody gets raised from the dead. It's a supernatural gift of faith to have that happen. But then it's a, it's a working of miracles that he's raised from the dead. But then, well, you better hope that the, the, the gifts of healing are in operation or the guy's going to die again. You know what I mean? Because whatever it is killed him would kill him again. But he got to get healed. You know, so these things tend to work together. But when we left off the last time I taught... We're in the revelation gifts, and I didn't get through the discerning of spirits. So I want to just touch on that for a moment, if I can, this morning. The discerning of spirits. Okay, what is the discerning of spirits? It is, this is the definition I'll give you. is supernatural insight into the spirit world. Supernatural insight into the spirit world. Now, it can be dis, uh, insight into good spirits, bad spirits, angels, demons, or Jesus, okay? Any of those things. That's the mistake I think I've heard over the years is it's like they think it's discerning of demons or something. Well, no, it's not just demons. It's discerning of spirits. It could be anything out there, okay? Um, when the gift is in operation, the person will actually perceive, see, or hear in the spirit world. 
This is not weird. It's not spooky natural, okay? This is supernatural, but it's just something the Holy Spirit can show up and do in your life. I've had this happen to me where I, I, I'm having this gift operate in me, and I don't go looking weird. I don't start vibrating and go, oh, he's showing me stuff. No, come on. Get real, okay? I've had that thing happen to me. I've had it happen in a prayer meeting before, and, and nobody knows it's even happening to me. And I didn't make a big deal about it. I just went and laid hands on somebody and just prayed a certain way, you know? doesn't have to be a big demonstration or a big dramatic. Different cases will call, call for different, you know, uh, out, uh, ways to act it out. But, but here's a couple examples of this gift in operation, old and new. Second Chronicles chapter 5, um, this came to pass in the, the temple, the, the, the trumpeters, the singers, the, the harp players, and, you know, people on the, the drums and everything, they all came together and they worshiped God. And it was a glorious time, and the power of God came in such a, such a great manifestation. This is what it says. Can you believe it? Are you ready for this? You know what happened? Everybody fell on the floor. Everybody, that, no, that's not, it's in the Bible. They all fell right on the floor. Well, I'll guarantee you this. Everybody involved in the worship team that day, everybody involved in the congregation that day, was acutely aware of the presence of God. You could say this, if you're going to do it as a teaching, it was a manifestation of discerning of spirits. The natural came in contact with the supernatural. Something gave. Another one, um, in, in, in uh, Luke chapter 2, the shepherds are out tending their sheep, and all of a sudden an angel appears to them. What is that? This is a discerning of spirits. Okay? An angel appears to them, and says, hey, behold, I bring you tidings of good joy. Tonight is born in the city of David, uh, uh, the king, the Messiah, Jesus, he's born. And, and as soon as the angel says this, all of a sudden the, angels, or the shepherds look up, and wow, the whole sky is like full of angels everywhere. And they're all singing this song, and I bet it sounded amazing. But what was it? It was, dis it was discerning the spirits. It was a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul, before he was the Apostle Paul, he was called Saul of Tarsus. And what did he do as Saul of Tarsus? He went around harassing Christians. He went around with papers from the authorities that he could arrest any Christian and bring him into chains. And actually, he had killed Christians. Okay? We know he killed Stephen. And, and not our Stephen, but the Stephen in Acts 6. And, and he held the coats of those that held through the stones. So this, this tyrant is riding his donkey into Damascus, and all of a sudden, Jesus appears. A light comes from heaven that's brighter than the noonday sun. It outshines, the natural light is outshined by heaven light. And it, it, it just puts everything, you know, in the dark. And, and, and Paul gets up and he says, who are you, Lord? And, and, and he, said, he said, hey, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I've called you to a ministry. And, 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 you know, those around him were all, like, freaking out. They heard this voice, but they didn't see anybody talking. And, and, and what was it? It was a manifestation of discerning the spirits. There's one demonic case I'm going to bring up. It's in Acts chapter 16. Again, this, this happened when Paul was ministering in the marketplace. And, and in this, it was in Philippi. And, and uh, this is uh, the famous story where Paul and Silas are thrown in the Philippian jail. But, but the prequel to that is this. They're in the marketplace ministering Jesus to the people for days. And there's this young girl 
who is, 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 is possessed by a devil. And she, the Bible calls her a soothsayer or a fortune teller, and she was a slave. And for her master, she earned money by telling people's fortune. How is that? Because she was possessed by this devil, and it operated through her, and it brought her master gain. So here's the deal. Paul is out there ministering, and it says for days this, this young girl would walk around by him, and this is what she'd say. She'd say, these men are servants of the Most High God. Now, in my mind, it's got to be like this squeaky voice that goes, these men are servants of the Most High God. You know, and it just irritates. You know, it's like, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard kind of thing, you know. But, but it says this, that after many days, I think it's in verse 18. I don't know what verse it's in. Yeah, it is 18. She did this for many days, and then it says that Paul, Paul was greatly annoyed. Isn't that a funny thing to say? He was great. Now, what was even wrong with this girl saying these men are servants of the Most High God? She wasn't cussing at him. She wasn't throwing rocks. She wasn't doing any of that. She just said these men are servants. Well, this, you, know, you don't want the devil advertising for you. You don't want the devil being your campaign manager. And whatever it was, there was something in Paul that was like, ooh. And what he did is he turned to her and said, hey, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. Okay? This gift wasn't in operation all the time because for many days, this girl was out there saying this stuff. But in verse 18, it says, after many days, it says, Paul was greatly annoyed. Something in him was churning. You've heard me. If you've been coming to this church a while, I've said this before. You ever get the, you know what I'm talking about when I say that? You're walking along through life and, what is it? It's the buzzer. It's the buzzer. That's what happened to Paul. He's walking along ministry and this girl's saying, these men are servants of the Most High God. Come out of her in Jesus' name. He came out. Of course, then they got thrown in jail. But that's a whole other story. But God didn't leave them. Uh, one, one quick one too, Revelation chapter 4. Again, Holy Spirit, how does he manifest himself? One way is discerning of spirits. What is a discerning of spirit? It's, it's perceiving, hearing, seeing into the spirit world. The Apostle John was, was outcast. He was, he was put on the island of Patmos. And it says that it was the Lord's day and John was in the spirit. And when he was in the spirit, you know when you're in the spirit, it's a real place? You know that? And when you're in the spirit, you can go anywhere. And John was in the spirit and the Lord took him to heaven. He didn't stay in heaven, but he took him there. And we find the book of Revelation was, was written from this experience that John had. And, and I, my favorite chapter in Revelation, I think, is chapter 4. And it's, 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 it goes something like, you know, there's a trump, there's, a, there's an angel that, that his voice was like a trumpet, and then all of a sudden I was there before the throne. You know, and that's, that's like, like what happens at the rapture. There is a rapture, even if it isn't in the Bible. It talks about it in the Bible, doesn't use that word, but it's in there. And, and so John was before the throne, and he saw things. He saw things that were wild. He had a hard time even describing. I mean, can you imagine John even trying to describe you on an iPhone? But here he is before the throne of God. And he says there's lightnings, there's, there's colored lights, there's, there's, there's like a sea of glass in front of him. There's wild, crazy creatures on every side that are full of eyeballs and stuff. I mean, wow. Woo, John. Woo. Anyway, and, and, and then, then he goes, and, and they're, they're every now and then they, they just fall on their face and say, holy, holy, holy. You know, they're blown away by the presence of God. But John experienced all this. What was it? It was a manifestation of discerning of spirits. Holy Spirit orchestrated that, showed John these things. 
Tell you what, I'm not saying you're going to go see heaven today. He will if you need to. I'll tell you what, this is a valid way. New Testament, we're living in the New Testament. We're living in a day when he dwells with us. He lives in us. We're living in a day where we're ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Supernatural ministers, equipped. Not that we think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of him. And we're expecting great things. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to Liberty Christian Center's podcast. To partner with this ministry or for any additional information, please visit libertychristiancenter.org.